Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 131 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on with you this week? Uh, to start off, our records from last week, I went 5-6, and six, and Evan got a suitable 7-4, and four, so... That puts you that much closer to being above 500. You're only two games off that. Um, I'm still scraping away with what I can, but there's plenty of games left. Um, work-wise, pretty chill. Uh, the soccer season for the club level is starting to wind down. Um, we're in May now. It is May the 4th, so all you Star Wars fans out there. Um, that just like randomly came across my mind just now, but... Um, yeah, just another, another week in the books, just working towards the summer, I guess. Yeah. Um, almost there. We're really getting there. We're getting close. Yeah. Not much going on with me. My computer apart today. I did some cleaning. Kind of just hanging out. Went to the range, worked on my swing. Um, but other than that, not much going on. So I guess we'll just jump right into these games. Uh, I've had an extremely good week betting. Uh, like extremely yeah. good. Um, I was a couple off. You know, the other day, I had that that United two nil uh, final score that I really wanted. Uh, Chelsea burnt me on a win over United. We're gonna get into that game. That one would have netted me nine hundred. Uh, that one missed. Sadly, Ronaldo came back and scored that goal, but. We'll jump right into that game. Um, in the middle of this, I think I have to go downstairs and take something out of my fridge, but let's let's jump in. Um, Chelsea won, Manchester United won. The Blues went to Old Trafford in an attempt to shore up their position in third. Unfortunately, the two teams had to share the point. It wasn't until the 60th minute when Marcos Alonso struck home that Chelsea took the lead. Unfortunately, uh, in the 62nd, Cristiano Ronaldo essentially scored the same goal that he scored against Arsenal with that lofted ball over the top from Matic. He knocked home. Great finish, great pass. Uh, That was the sharpest. I think United looked that entire game. Uh, They looked relatively flat. I think Chelsea outplayed them here. Uh, The stats would certainly show that as well. 21 shots to United, six. Six shots on target for the Blues, whereas United just had three, and then 65% of the possession was Chelsea's as well. I think they lined up, um, you know, pretty much the the best way that they could. Reese James out on the right, Alonso on the left. He's such a threat going forward. Defensively suspect, but <clears throat> we know what to expect and, and what we can expect from him at this point, so... I think that's okay. Conte looked uh, a little better in this game. Uh, he is just a little bit off the pace from previous seasons. I think he is getting up there, and we know that he has issues with injuries and fitness. So uh, I'll be curious to see what Chelsea does with him. But I think this lineup is essentially the best that Chelsea can put out right now. We know there was no Lukaku in this game uh, in terms of starting. He did come on. But uh, to share a point, I don't think is what Chelsea were looking to do. I think they wanted all three. But Ronaldo, at this point, is just inevitable. Yeah, I mean, that that goal there, uh, and also including the Brentford one we'll get to later, puts him at 18 um, in third place for the Golden Boot. I mean, uh, percentage-wise, 
contributing to his team. He, he scored 32% of their goals this year, which is crazy. It's the league high tied with Huming's son, um, both 32. But yeah, I mean, the game, it went, it was all in Chelsea's control in every stat you can imagine being positive there. Um, I think Lukaku coming on so late, um, he just doesn't, uh, he doesn't have the faith in the manager, and when he's out there given a chance for whatever minutes, whether it's 15 to 30 minutes, it seems like that's his max he'll get is 30 at this point in the season. Um, it's just he, he's not involved in the team build-up as much. They're not giving him the ball as, as much as you would think they would for being a target man type player. Um, equating the value that they paid for him, you'd think he'd be involved more, but uh it just doesn't work i guess um it's it's disappointing i think we should have been up by a couple goals before that chance for ronaldo even came um we sh- we sh- we had four times the amount of shots they did double shots on target it was just one of those things where uh we finally made the breakthrough and left let our concentration drop just that once and um we got we got bit in the butt for it so a little disappointing um i knew deep in my stomach um that something was going to happen here to go against chelsea but i still went against my better judgment and had faith in them to get the job done but yeah it's just this matchup is just meant to always be a draw for some reason and I think it pretty much cements United out of a top four finish, um, given that they've played, they only have two games remaining while everybody above them has four. So they can kiss those dreams away. So that's going to hinder their chances in the summertime for whatever plans they want. Uh, For Champions League, they'll have to sell for Europa League, depending on how everything finishes out. But yeah, uh, at the end of the day, it's disappointing. And um, the following fixture didn't help either for us. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. I'm going to let you uh, take the lead here, and I'll be back in just a second. Yeah, so to start off on the Saturday window, we had Liverpool um, winning 1-0 at St. James's Park, um, the home ground in Newcastle. And um, it was it wasn't surprising that Newcastle stayed in this game and made it a fight because that's what they've been doing since the turn of the year, since they've made these transactions to bring in new blood. Um, Eddie Howe and his staff have figured out a good 11 to 13 guys to start and play in every game. Um, They have the luxury of not having to worry about fixture congestion as Liverpool do, playing in multiple competitions at this stage of the year. Um, all they have to worry about is the league, um, which they play once a week. So, and it gives them a lot of time to prepare, to dissect and analyze teams, and figure out ways for them to best compete. So, uh, made it close. The stats would would say otherwise, but um, they did just enough to keep it that close. But early on, Naby Kate's again that goal, a well worked goal. Um, Joe to get the assist. Um, a little one-two tiki-taka in the box it was nice to see, but after that it became a big scrap fest. Um, Newcastle made it a pretty feisty game, a lot of tackles, a lot of fouls, even um, a lot of altercations happening. But 
Um, yeah, it was just one of those champion mentality games that Liverpool followed through and got the job done just to keep Man City on their toes. So um, it broke a bit of a streak Newcastle had there. Uh, four games in a row. Um, it settles them right there in 10th, middle of the pack, um, with a lot of potential to close the year out. Yeah, um, I am back, um, but it seemed like... thought to... I would be back by now, but... I I am. Um, I mean, well, Newcastle with three games left, uh, the best they could finish is around 8th if they want out. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that with the games left with Man City, Arsenal, and Burnley. Mm-hmm. All those are pretty difficult matchups um, being relative to their situations, but it's going to be brutal to close the year out um, for Newcastle. Might have to end on a sour note, but the future looks promising for them. They have a lot of good young players to build off of in um, Guimaraes and um, St. Max, but yeah, I think I think they can be proud of where they finished the year. All right, so guys, I am back. It just appears that my Discord is not picking it up, so I'll be right back. Yeah, all right. Hello? A bit of an issue, technical difficulties. Can you hear me? What's that? You can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All there right. You Sorry about oh. the technical difficulty, guy. Uh, guys, we're not going to be cutting that because, to be honest with you, I'm simply too lazy to cut it, but... I was back. I heard the uh, I heard the ending of what you were saying, and I was trying to cut in, and then I heard you say, "I thought Evan would be back by now." Uh, so, guys, I, I I was back. You probably heard me, but you didn't um, you didn't get all of what Matt said. But <clears throat> Liverpool, I think we're we're looking for more than one in this game. I I watched this game. I'd bet on Liverpool. Um, I knew they'd come out. I I didn't think that Newcastle would even be able to get a goal. They didn't. Uh, but I know that Liverpool were looking for more because that goal differential towards the top of the table is starting to get extremely tight. Uh, Liverpool do have one in the goal differential column on City. Uh, hopefully things don't come down to that because that's just not how you want to see a team win the league. Uh, but I'm sure that Liverpool would have wanted one more instead of uh, just that 1-0 victory that they got against I don't, Newcastle. I don't remember the last time we saw goal differentials this high. Oh, it's, I know it's been it's been a really long time. I was thinking that the other day, uh, and you know, one of the other soccer shows that I listened was talking about, um, was talking about what's it called. I, I just saw on Twitter there was two goals in added time, and now it's level on aggregate in the in the Champions League tie. So I'm melting. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know the last time that it's happened. It's it's been quite some time. I don't remember it in in our in my history at least, you know. Yeah, we'd have to look back a couple years probably to see. Yeah. Um Yeah, Man City 2 years ago had plus 67 to end the year. What was it last year? Last year they both finished Man City plus 51, Liverpool was plus 26. That was, they had a lot of defensive injuries. We go back three years ago. Man City plus 72, Liverpool plus 67. That was the year Man City won the league by one point. So it's pretty much just like that now. Um, It's looking identical to that. Like this year, Chelsea finished third. um, Tottenham fourth, Arsenal fifth. It's, it's, It's scarily, the top seven is looking exactly like that from um three years ago yeah for sure 
Okay, uh, let's jump into Watford 1, Burnley 2. This one was a champ or a um, not championship, but bottom of the Premier League um, battle between two teams that are almost certainly going down. Uh, Burnley with two in this one, Watford only one. A James Tarkowski own goal. Let Watford go ahead in the eighth minute, but in the 83rd, things turned around for Burnley. Jack Cork struck home in the 83rd, Josh Brownhill in the 86th, and Burnley stole all three points. Now, I do think Burnley were better in this game, had the more clear-cut chances. They lined up with pretty much the best they could get besides um, uh, Cornet. Uh, they did have Vidra and Veghorst up top. Obviously, I am a fan of both of those players. Uh, I think that, that Vidra has been great. He didn't get one in this game, but he did get an important one last week. So uh, I think that, that Burnley put out a good team. I think that this guy that they have in, uh, his name is actually Michael Jackson, funnily enough, uh, is getting a lot out of his players. Burnley have some really good results here in crunch time. Uh, and Watford, you know, this was essentially the confirmation of them going down. So uh, Big Roy going down for the first time in his career after coming in and trying to rescue a club. Uh, kind of crazy to think about um, considering all the shit teams that he's been in charge of that have managed to stay up. So interesting storyline there, but uh like to see Burnley get those three points. You always want to see the, uh, the relegation battle uh, heat up. Yeah, I thought this game had the best ending out of all of them. Um, you could probably put the Everton-Chelsea one up there too, but um, just the, the turn, the, the, switch, the flip of the switch there for Burnley at the end, they just outlasted Watford. Um, I think as soon as they, that goal went in the eighth minute, I think it was way too early for them to score that goal, um, weirdly to say, but just having to pack it in for 82 minutes the way they played it, um, they played conservative and defensive, and it was just too much. I mean, we know Burnley's not the um, not the the best um, attacking team. I mean, they rank in the bottom bottom three in um, goals scored this year, um, even behind Watford. Watford scored more goals than Burnley, which is saying something. But yeah, it's just too much to ask. Eighty minutes plus. I mean, Ben Foster was probably man of the match. Um, the amount of crazy saves he made to keep his team alive. Um, and towards the end, just even earned one point. But uh, the, the team just fell apart, let him down. And Roy Hodgson has confirmed he's going to walk away from the team. He's going to go back into retirement. Um, I think he, he obviously said it's uh, it's a very demanding sport. And um, it asks a lot out of you, not only as a player, but just being involved in the club and any aspect of it in the, in the boardroom, coaching staff, ticket sales, like anything. Uh, it's a very demanding job with very passionate people involved. So I think the championship would eat him alive and put him in, in the ground six feet under too soon. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. And I think it's best that he just goes, enjoys his retirement. And uh, hopefully we, we don't have to see Roy again because I, I mean, his his talent level as a manager is not very high. I just think he's he's been extremely lucky to have some of these clubs stay up, and that's you know that's what his uh, his whole thing is. Uh, okay, Southampton one, Crystal Palace two. Wow, big money maker. Here this was you. a money maker for sure. What a game! This was my game of the year. I declared it the morning of one of my group chats. I knew that Palace would pull through for me. 
Oriel Romeo scored in the ninth minute to take Southampton ahead. It was not until late second half where Crystal Palace managed a sensational comeback. Ebrichi Eze struck in the 60th minute to draw things level, and Wilf Zaha in the 92nd minute latched on to the end of one, had a sensational turn, crossbody shot, trickled into the left side of the goal. He had no idea where he even was, but he managed to get it to fall, and it was just an unbelievable goal. 14 shots for Palace, just eight for Southampton, five shots on target for the Eagles, and three for Southampton, and then 62% of the possession went to Palace in this one. I think this was a deserved win for Palace. It's a little bit unfortunate that they struggled to defend in the first half. Uh, Southampton, you know, they 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 can score. They seem to score on some cheesy goals sometimes, but this one was well worked enough. I just think that Palace are a much, much better team. They have so much more going for them. And it's great to see them get a win like this at this point in the season. It's not going to make much difference for them. They do sit in 12th place, but if they could finish against a team or above a team like Leicester, I'd say that's an extremely successful season for them. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it ultimately comes down to how poor Southampton's been this year, um, having the lead. They've dropped the most points um, from winning positions this year, being 16, or 26 points in total than any other side and 18 of those have been dropped at home so and as well as putting them down even more i mean this is the first time crystal palace have came back um to win a premier league game this year um they've never been able to come from behind and win a game so there's just something up with southampton right now um when it comes to having that mentality to hold leads um we saw that last week against brighton though um they were behind two by two goals and, and equalized um, off the back of Ward Prowse free kick and um, a, an assist from him as well, I believe. But they just relied too much on him and his 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 um, playing style too much. Um, like set pieces are the hardest thing in a sport to convert at a high rate. I mean, just having even just like a twenty percent conversion rate is insane. So they need they just can't find goals from other players. You would think Che Adams would be that guy, but He's been pretty inconsistent. Shane Long's been long over, um, long is long past his peak. Um, they brought in that um, Adam Armstrong from Blackburn in the championship. You thought he would kind of in- involve some goals. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just they just don't have enough. And also, we we saw Livermento get hurt the other week. Um, and that was a tough blow for them as well. So it's just they're having a bad end of the year overall. Yeah, 100%. Um, Okay, let us move on to Aston Villa 2, Norwich City. Nil, this one went the way we thought it would. Norwich City certainly going down. Uh, Played like a team that was going down. Ollie Watkins got on the end of one in the 41st. Danny Yings struck in the 93rd to seal all three for the Villains. 21 shots on target for Aston Villa, just nine for Norwich. Six shots on target for the team wearing red and 45% of the possession. Made the most of what they had here. Good to see Watkins getting some goals here late in the season. He had a good uh, second half of the season last year, so it's not surprising to to see him sort of rekindle some of that. I think Villa are missing some key pieces, but uh, you know it, it's good to see them at least um, get a little bit of fight back here towards the end. 
Uh, Norwich, I'm glad we won't be seeing them. It, it'll be nice to see Fulham back up next season instead of them. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I was doing that talk for Southampton, I was my dad was screaming downstairs because um, the second leg, Man City and, and, and um, Real Madrid's going on right now. Man City was going into this game 4-3 on aggregate. Uh, they were up 1-0 in this game, and Madrid scored two goals oh, yeah. in the 90th and 91st, and now Benzema has a penalty in extra time right now to put him over in oh, the lead. So, um, yeah, so whoever wins this matchup today is going to be playing Liverpool in the final in Paris. So Liverpool are still on for um, the quadruple, which hasn't been done, I don't think, ever. Or I think maybe United did once but yeah united, ben, united did i think they did it in the 99 something like that yep yep yeah and benzema scored oh, holy shit oh my god fuck them good i'm glad I, I mean that's just sickening stuff it really is it really yeah. really is it's turning like madrid's the team of destiny just the the yeah. late minute stuff they're getting against chelsea they beat psg um they're currently beating man city they're beating all the top teams so um they've had the harder road to get to the final than liverpool i'd have to argue yeah they certainly have i'd have to agree but Um, i guess i guess stepping back um down in a way if you will villa norwich um we said i said at least this was probably the worst game on paper with how formed what form these teams had um and this this result ultimately sends Norwich down mathematically. So they're the first team confirmed to go down. Watford should be going down too. They're 12 points from safety. Um, they probably have a 0.001% chance of staying up um, if they win out, but they need a lot of help from other teams. So uh, they're probably down too. But yeah, um, this this is what, you, what Villa needed. Stevie G needed this because... Um, for that long stretch, they were just suffering week in and week out, um, loss after loss. Um, and now this is a big morale booster, I guess. They get that confidence back in their system. Both their strikers scored. Um, maybe you want Coutinho to contribute a little bit more, um, getting a goal maybe because he's been a catalyst. Leon Bailey made his first appearance in probably three months, I would say. Yeah. Um, especially starting. Um, they've really missed him. Uh, maybe not him in particular, but that just style of player to be on the other flank um, from Coutinho or one of their other fast players out there, Buendia. Um, sometimes they put Ali Watkins out in the wing. Just they've missed that speedy, pacey guy to get on in on the transition play. So um, happy for Villa here, Norwich. Um, I don't really know what to say. There's nothing you can really say to look positive on this it's just it's never looked good for them yeah no it really hasn't uh i'm really i'm really sitting here and and just thinking about the fact that city have bottled another chance at the champions league Uh, it's just just, them and them and psg just aren't meant to be uh, i mean there's still plenty of time you got 24 minutes madrid's gonna pack it in but um I guess for the with Norwich though, I think Dean Smith said he's going to stick with the club in the championship. He's he's grown to appreciate them and he's going to stick it out. But um, I'm, I'm also upset because Billy Gilmore went there on loan. I thought he'd get a lot of playing time; it'd be good for him. And um, it's just kind of been a failed loan spell. Um, yeah. The amount of time he's been given, as well as 
he just hasn't performed for them, whether that's the system or the players around him or whatnot. I don't know. But, um, I mean, we've seen him to do play with Chelsea and be top quality. Um, so whether that's he needs to be around more high-caliber players or it's a system-based thing, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, disappointing for him pers- on a personal note. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to Wolves nil, Brighton 3. Strange one here. The Seagulls go to Molyneux, take all three points in a very convincing fashion. Alexic, Alexis McAllister scored a penalty in the 42nd. Leandro Trossard got one in the 70th, and then Eves Basuma in the 86th. They were cooking in the second half. They looked so much better in the second than they did in the first, and Wolves were absolutely defenseless. Cody, Bully, and Saiz at the back playing three center backs. I ate Norian Semedo out on the wings as wingbacks. Um, Wolves playing essentially how they've played for, for weeks now. Wanky Chan and Silva up top. Same thing for Brighton. Well back up top with McCaster and Mwepu behind. Trossard on the wing. Sully March out on the wing. Nice to see him back in the team after a while uh, of quietness at the beginning of the season. Basuma and Caicedo in the center with Dunk, Veltman, and Cucurella at the back. Um... I thought this was a great performance by Brighton. I wasn't expecting it. I thought maybe this one would be a little bit uh, tipped in in Wolves' favor, but they just were not able to get anything into that final third. They had 11 shots, but only managed one shot on target, whereas Brighton had 17 shots and nine on target. So this one went to the Seagulls. Um, They deserved every last drop of the points they got. They currently sit... In ninth place, just five points behind Wolves, who sit in eighth on 49. Brighton have 44 with three wins in their last five. Yeah, this was probably the weirdest um, result I saw score-wise, just out of character. Um, I didn't think Brighton would score three goals, um, especially against Wolves, who have been pretty steady in the back. But since that break Wolves had... um, it's they've looked awful. Three defeats and a draw in their last four. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's been. Go- or excuse me, three straight defeats. Um, I don't know what's been going on with them. I don't know what they need to do to fix it. Um, obviously, just like Brighton, they they don't score a lot of goals. That's their main issue. They can't stay in these games when Brighton go up by one right before the half. They didn't have an answer to reply. And they kind of just took it while they were down. Um, Ruben Neves is back in the team, which is nice to see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was really surprised by this. We both thought this um, would be a draw here. It seemed like it on paper, but it just wasn't meant to be. And yeah, I think Brighton getting that huge win against Wolves right next to them in the table. Um, realistically, they could probably jump them with the way Wolves are playing right now. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, what do we have next? Leeds nil, City 4. After a relatively quiet first half in which Rodri got on the end of a free kick. Great finish, by the way. Uh, City cooked up in the second, one in the 54th. A volley from Nathan Ake. That one came in from a corner. Gabriel Jesus, another moneymaker for me, won me 400. Got on the end of one in the 78th. And then Fernandinho hit an absolute screamer in the 93rd to ensure City got out of this one 
unscathed. Now, I will say that this game was extremely open. There were points where it seemed like Leeds would get on the end of one. They were unfortunately unable to convert. They did just have two shots on target, but if you watch the game, it would have felt a lot closer than the scoreline would suggest. 19 shots for City, only six of those on target. They held 40% of the possession, but to be honest with you, the ball was just moving all over the pitch at all times. The last 30 minutes, things quieted down a little bit in terms of the end-to-end play, uh, but that's where all the goals came because City were just a little bit more controlled. I thought this was a fantastic watch. This is City at their best, although they defended... Uh, at times, I would say a little shakily. Um, Cancelo, Diaz, Laporte, and Ake were those people that played at the back. Ake getting a goal from that left-back position. We don't always see him there, but he showed up uh, in this game. I thought he looked good. I think Cancelo looked good. This wasn't his best performance, but the two CBs at the back, I thought, were certainly shaky at points. Yeah, I will say at the start, um, Stuart Dallas picked up a really oh, unfortunate injury. Um, it was confirmed after MRI, he fractured his femur, which is the hardest bone to break in your body. Yeah. So he'll be out for the rest of the year 2022, um, which is tough, really tough. He's an integral part to those guys' um, system and is a decent player. So best wishes to him and his recovery. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I, the, the scoreline didn't represent how well Leeds competed in this game. You mentioned it was really open. They had a lot of chances. Um, they just miss a lot of their key guys, and as well as just the, the quality Man City have in that side. So I think, like you said, it was a great game to watch. We see Man City as one of the top dogs in the league um, display their top level of play. And I think Leeds stuck out as much as they could. But um, now they're in a very hairy situation where they're dragged back into that relegation battle. So, um, and both the teams around them pick up vital um, wins. So that doesn't that just piles on to the pressure they have with these last four games, and they aren't the the kindest of games to end on either. Their next two, they got um, Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, and then you would you would debate um, these next two, the last two being more w- winnable games against Brighton and Brentford. So um, should be really interesting to see what happens in the, in those games and see how they finish out the year. Yeah, for sure. Um, alrighty. Yeah, and it's not it's not out of the question that Leeds go down. I guess at this point. Yep. Mm. Tottenham three, Leicester City one. Tottenham back to winning ways after a couple weeks of disappointment. Harry Kane getting a header in the 22nd. Uh, Huangman Son in the 60th and then the 79th. Kalechi Iannaccio got one back in stoppage time at the end of the second, uh, at the end of the second half in the 91st, but it was plenty late at that point. 13 shots for Spurs, seven of those on target. They only held 39% of the possession, but were toothy when they did have the ball. Six shots for the Foxes, two shots on target. At this point, Leicester City have just gotten five points out of their last possible 15. Tottenham now with 10 in their last 15. So Tottenham are in decent form. They're heading into an extremely important game against Arsenal next Thursday. Um, I just don't think this is uh, the sort of performance that Leicester would be hoping for. Tottenham certainly need the points more than Leicester. They're all but cemented in there at 
11th or 10th, um, it's possible that they could surge all the way up to 9th if some things go their way. But Tottenham have a lot more to play for with European competition certainly being the goal. Champions League possible, but Arsenal are two points ahead of them on 63 points, while Tottenham just have 61. What do you think about this game? Um, I thought it was it was inevitable. I thought that yeah. those two games with Spurs not having a single shot on target, I was like, those guys have to be itching to get some goals. And your your top two guys are scoring. Um, Son with the brace, putting him in second in the Golden Boot race at 19, still three behind Salah, but um, a lot of games still to play. And he he is he is capable of getting multiple goals before the end of the year. So shouldn't be too far off there, but. Yeah, I think Leicester having a weakened back line with injury in that and the changing of uh, Brennan Rodgers this year has probably rotated the most players in his team all year. I'd have to argue with the the competitions they're playing in. They still are in the, the Conference League semifinals. Um, so they were resting up for their second leg this week. So you saw a couple different guys in there in the lineup in a different system in a way, but... Um, yeah, I mean, Tottenham exposed them pretty well. Antonio Conte set up his usual 11 in here, um, as well as Kulisevsky coming off the bench and getting two assists really helped them um, be a game changer. So, yeah, I think this was a, a great win for Spurs. It keeps them in reaching distance of Arsenal to jump them. And they have possibly the hardest um, schedule for the next two games. Um going up to Anfield and then hosting Arsenal. So it should be a very, I wouldn't I shouldn't say it should. It's going to, these next two games are going to define the, the, their season for them. Yeah. I mean, it's going to define the season. It's going to define Conte's short tenure here. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see him sticking around for all that long. If they get into European competition, if, if they, if they have um, another window, transfer window like they did in january he'll definitely leave yeah that's what i mean like i i just he was fighting so much with with levy um i just don't think he got everything he wanted there and i i really worry because i think he's actually a great fit at tottenham i think he's when he's been able to get what he wants out of the players in terms of physicality and and work rates tottenham have been awesome um Conte do you still is a, think do you still think Harry Kane's going to stay this year, especially well, if if they don't finish in that fourth spot? I do because I think the only team really that are looking to upgrade at that position are City, and it seems like they've all but agreed with Holland at this point. So uh, things could actually fall through now that we should have said Mina Raiola died, uh, aged I think fifty four, not not, yeah. not old. Um, one of the world's biggest agents in terms of sports. I mean, if you guys watch the NBA, he's 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 uh top top flight soccer's uh Rich Paul. I mean, he's he's a he was a massive figure and and he has died uh, of a heart condition. So things could change now that these guys are all going to be looking for new managers. We know Pogba's probably on his way out of United, Holland. Uh, also repped by Mina Raiola. So this could be really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that he probably will stay because, as we know, Kane is not extremely old, but um, I don't think the demand for Kane is going to be as much as it would be for, let's say, Holland or, or another striker of, of that stature, Mbappe. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, he turns 29 in July, so he's at the peak of his prime and right, of right. his physique and that. And I still think the only move that makes sense left is to United, especially um, if Ronaldo leaves after next year. I agree. So yeah, I think that I don't. I don't see him leaving England. No, I don't. I don't think he's that guy. No. I think he's. I think he's um, record chasing, trying to become the highest um, goal scorer in the Premier League. He's still got a great shot at that, um, especially a- after the bumpy start he had this year, not playing and being very poor. He still scored 13 goals, which is a sixth right now um, for the most in this year. I yeah. mean, he he's top quality. He can still get that, but I think Man United would be the only option he could go um, if he wants to compete at that top level. So it should be interesting to see what happens in the next couple years. Yeah, but yeah, I think. Yeah, Tottenham have to at least get four points in these next two games. Yeah, and I think there were points uh, in Kane's career when you know Madrid and teams like that were calling, but I just don't. I mean, look at Madrid right now; they're going to be in a Champions League final with a team that's essentially cobbled together. You know, they have some really good pieces, but I don't see why they'd look for a striker when they have Benzema, who is, I mean, right now he looks like the best striker in the world to me. <laughs> it, it's not even close. He's been yeah, hard un- to argue been- against that. What'd you say? I said it's hard to argue against it, that. It is. Um, which his, is his which only is comparison. Crazy. His only comparison could be like Lewandowski or Ronaldo, which is so insane. And and for so many years, Benzema lived in the shadow of Ronaldo and was the second, third, fourth fiddle at points. Um, so it's crazy yeah. to see what he's done there, but yeah, I think Kane will, will probably stay in England as well. Uh, let's move on. Another extremely important game here. Uh, Everton won Chelsea nil Chelsea went to Goodison park in an attempt to strengthen their grip on third place. Everton showed up at home in an attempt to stay in the league. And they managed to get all three points in a game where I thought they were doomed to disappoint. Richarlison, only one score in the game, got on the end of one in the 46th minute. I thought Everton started sharp. They looked effervescent. They looked extremely ready. But Chelsea managed to get a little bit of that possession back. Uh, in the majority of the game, they did have 79% of the ball in this one. After Everton quieted down, I thought, ah, maybe Chelsea will just get on the end of one here and sit back. It'll be a 1-0 or a 2-0 for Chelsea. But in the 46th minute, Richarlison had plans of his own. That guy works extremely hard. I mean, he was gone all summer playing for the national team in the Olympics for the Brazilian national team. Had to come right back. Hasn't had essentially any rest other than that quick injury he had at the beginning of the season. And he's the one that's keeping Everton's hopes alive in a period of serious darkness. Yeri Mina, um, <laughs> he got in a little bit of an argument with Mason Mount in this game. Tempers and tensions were high in this one. Pickford, we should say, I would say is just uh, what an underrated uh, keeper at points he looks absolutely abysmal but when he is at his best there is a reason that he is England's number one 
I think Ramsdale kind of reminds me a little bit of Pickford in the way that they play. They dive a lot. They move around a lot, get themselves out of position, play extremely dangerously. But there's a reason that they're good when they need to be good. And he was tremendous in this game. He stood on his head. He managed to keep a clean sheet. This was such an important result for Everton. And I think we have to give... um, Serious props to the fans because I had not heard a team or a group of supporters sing so loud and so passionately in some time. So this was it was actually really nice to see. Yeah, I think it's that was one of the moments of this season that you could um, put in like a highlight video. I think this would be one of those top moments you'd have in there. Um, but yeah, full credit to Everton. I think they deserve. I, I'll say that the three points go a long way for them. Um, and yeah, the, I, the Everton's just not a club that suits the championship, but the way they played this game, they made it a championship best game, broke up a lot of play, made it a lot of physical. Um, but I think this game was ultimately just decided and defined by one mistake in the back, um, by our captain, um, Cesar and just one mistake changes the entire script. Um, and it couldn't have been at a worse point right at the start of the second half. Uh, it just catches us with our pants down, and now we have to make changes on the fly. Um, the subs didn't change too much of it. Um, Jorginho kind of had an okayish game. I've really liked Loftus-Cheek's involvement in the team these last couple weeks, um, the close of the year. I think he's somebody that we overlook a lot, and he plays... He fills in a lot of these roles, um, wing back in the middle. Um, he can also play in that Mason Mount position, more advanced attack, mid, attacking mid pers- uh, playmaker. So I like I like him in there. But yeah, it just it just ultimately comes down up to our our attackers just not having the juice. Lukaku didn't get a, a sniff in the game either. So we're having the same problems as last year, having to def- to rely on our defenders to score goals and Mason Mount's done a lot to help um, decrease that need for the defenders but it still isn't enough and it's disappointing um, because that now just like Leeds being dragged into a relegation scrap we're one more bad result away from questioning if we're going to finish in the top four so it's it's coming down to the wire. I think with our remaining games, I think we should be okay. But um, nothing's guaranteed in this league. Um, and yeah, a um, little bit on edge, but um, I don't know. Uh, I'm happy for Everton. I think they should stay up. But ultimately, at the, at the end of the day, somebody has to go down. So we'll see if it's them. But they're in a pretty strong position to get themselves out of it. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to my team. North London is currently red. Arsenal 2, West Ham 1. A London derby in which Arsenal took all three points. Rob Holding latched onto the end of one in the 38th minute. Jared Bowen got one back in the 45th. A a pretty quick response. They headed into halftime drawn at 1-1, but Gabriel had other plans for the match. He scored in the 54th minute. And Arsenal took all three. 13 shots on target for the Gunners. Seven shots on target. Eight shots for West Ham. Three shots on target for them. And the possession was in West Ham's favor in this one. 
100% for them. I like the way that Arsenal lined up in this one. Martinelli and Saka on the outside. Odegaard in the center with Xhaka and Elneny in the pivot. Holding and Gabriel, both center backs, getting a goal in this one. Good to see Tomiyasu back in the side as well. You know, Tavares not as involved in this one, which was nice to see. And Enketia up top. Um, West Ham lined up with Fredericks and Kufal on the outsides. Kurt Zuma and Cresswell in the middle. Uh, Declan Rice and Mark Noble. No Suchek in this one. Uh, for now, Lanzini and Ben Rama played three in the midfield, and then Bowen up top at striker. So he got a goal. I figured he probably would get a goal in this one. Wasn't expecting both of Arsenal's center backs to get them. Um, but this was a great result for Arsenal. They are currently in fourth place on 63 points, just three points behind Chelsea. They have now won three in a row, and I am hoping that we can edge into third because fourth just doesn't feel safe right now yeah and to top that off you guys have more wins than chelsea this year you got 20 we only have 19 so that's going in your favor um yeah but yeah i mean team's playing well you have the chemistry you don't have anybody getting into too much trouble Jacques is keeping his temper under wraps um getting goals from your center backs is nice um both of them, Rob Holden getting his first career Premier League goal. Um, I think they said 81 appearances. But West Ham, just like Leicester, competing still in Europe, um, not having the luxury of playing their um, full squad at 100%. Like you mentioned, Fredericks at left back, filling in for Cresswell, who has to slide in the middle because of Craig Dawson's red card against Chelsea in the previous fixture. Um, a week or two ago, um, as well as Mark Noble, their rest in Suchek in there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it just adds on to Arsenal's train going into that North London derby. Um, it's just uh, sooner or later, it's going to come crashing. It's just how Arsenal are. Yeah. Um, they have a massive matchup against Leeds, who are in dire need of three points. Um, this possibly could be the 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 game with the most on the line for both teams involved. Um, maybe the Liverpool and Spurs up there too. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot's riding on that game. And I think Arsenal are on the up. Um, Tottenham are starting. Their, their bell curve is coming where they were dropping points. Those two games, no shots. Now they get a big win against Leicester, who's a respectable opponent. Um, it's, it's turning out to an exciting part of the year to end. But yeah, I mean, West Ham have pretty much packed it up for the year in the league and their all their rides um all their hopes ride on thursday to get a comeback against frankfurt yeah for sure that's going to be an important one and certainly one that i'm looking forward to watching manchester united the next game they outscored brentford outplayed brentford at old trafford a good performance from the red devils at home not something we see all the time bruno fernandez scored in the ninth minute cristiano ronaldo after getting one fired off earlier in the game i needed him to score in this one got a penalty in the 61st and then rafael Varane in the 72nd getting his first goal in a manchester united kit I said it's funny because if nobody threatened to blow up Harry Maguire's house, Ron wouldn't have scored in this game, and I'd be $400 richer. Unfortunately, they did threaten to blow up his house, and Varane had to step in and, and play for Maguire in this one. Uh, in terms of stats, United with 9 shots, Brentford with 12, 
United with five shots on target, Brentford with just four. 65% of the possession went in United's favor. Now, this was the best I've seen United play in a few weeks. They looked extremely determined. The midfield looked good, sharp, not a ton of giveaways. I think Varane does inspire some confidence at the back. I don't think we need to really uh, explain why he's a better option than Maguire. But going forward, Fernandez, Ronaldo, Elanga, and Mata. Juan Mata had a had a fantastic game. He had a couple chances to score. He is up there in age, but he still has that creativity. It's a shame we've seen him rot away at United for so long. Um, but this was this was a great United team, and honestly, I think if Mata wasn't so old, I think he'd have a real spot going forward in that United side. You really think Maguire wouldn't have started over Lindelof if he was there? I don't know. I think Lindelof's better than Maguire. Okay. I, 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 I hate Harry Maguire. I thought about that I, too uh, when I said that. But yeah, I guess maybe they would start him, but he's still out because of the bomb threat, right? I, mean, I guess it's just family safety, but he is yeah. the club captain. Which is so obscene to me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. He shouldn't be. Yeah, but yeah, this game I I had off. I thought it'd be close. I thought it, I thought it ultimately be a draw the way Brentford had been playing. But um, I guess the luck ran out, and um, their streak of unbeaten ha- their unbeaten streak had to end at one point. But um, I didn't think it'd be against United, especially at home, like you mentioned. But yeah, this is these are the results and the style that um, fans for Man United want to see, and at a more consistent basis because um, the league could have turned out to be a lot better for them if they would have taken things more seriously and would have had more of a professional approach to these games. I mean, they've they've had 10 draws where even if you convert two, two or three of those to wins, they're in a strong position in the top four. So it's unfortunate. Um, they've also dealt with a few injuries at times here and there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the Juan Mata thing's interesting. I mean, he's going to leave after this year as well as Matvich probably. Yeah. And you can argue maybe you want to throw in some of those younger players um, to get more experience. I mean, you st- you got Jesse Lingard on the bench too. I mean, the the whole point of him staying was to also play and be involved in the system. He could have went back to West Ham or went to Newcastle and have been a starting role, and he chose to stay. So. Um, of course, this is where he grew up and the, he went through the academy and everything. So this is what he knows best. But still, I mean, if you want to um, extend your career and play on a consistent basis, he would have left. But um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I mean, Matzo was at Chelsea for a while. He was he was there when we won the league with uh, Mourinho. I think the second time um, him and Hazard were our big players. And most of that one season, he outshined Hazard, too. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, this is what United want to see more on a consistent basis, like I said, but I think it's too little too late. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's unfortunate, but, um, hopefully he'll wind up somewhere in Spain where he can contribute, contribute to a side. There are plenty yeah, of teams. I end his career, like your boy Santi Cazorla. Right, Santi. And Santi had, um, a couple seasons where I think they kind of just used him as a, um. He was a Villarreal, I think. He was, yeah. Um, I think he's since retired, but he's had, you know, stints at clubs where he was just teaching other players. Um, I think Mata is such a nice guy. That's always been his sort of, um, 
that's sort of been his image really everywhere he's been um that i think he'd be a great guy to learn from so uh hopefully he'll be the one that's that's teaching spain's next generation that would be really interesting Okay, that is all for the recap. We're moving on to the preview. We do have a lot of games, so we're probably just going to burn through these quickly. Um, match day 36, Saturday, May 7th. We have Brentford taking on Southampton. Two teams sort of in the middle of the pack. I'm going to take Brentford in this one. I think they edge Southampton. Um. I think I'm gonna just go with a draw. I think I don't. I, I just don't have confidence in Southampton to win, especially if they take the lead. Um, but yeah, I think I think they'll share a point. Okay, makes sense. We have Burnley and Aston Villa up next. I am going to take Burnley. Damn, five in a row. Yeah, I think they just need it. I think they're fighting. Yeah, I can't really. I, I want to think South um, Aston Villa, excuse me, can get something out of this, but I just don't. They just haven't shown anything the past couple weeks or fixtures to give me any benefit to give them just to lean in their direction. And Burnley have haven't won in the prettiest of ways, but they've figured out a system, and it seems like all the players are positive and have full confidence in their ability to get results. So. Um, I think just going off that, I'm going to have to agree with you. Wow. But um, I think I ultimately think if I, I just think this is a bogey game for them. So I think I'm going to take Villa in a weird upset. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we have it, Chelsea. It, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's the point. That's why I'm picking Villa. It just doesn't make sense. All right. We have Chelsea and Wolves up next. Yeah, but Villa are the better team. It makes sense that they would win, don't you think? You would think. You would yeah, think. You would think. Uh, okay, Chelsea and Wolves up next. This one, I think, should be easy for Chelsea. Wolves are in awful form. Just can't seem to get anything going. They absolutely fumbled against Brighton last week. Chelsea looked better as of late. So I'm going to take Chelsea in this one, just based solely on form. I really hope... Really they did lose. They, they did just lose to Everton, but we've been very poor in the league. Um, in in like the last couple matches, it's just been really poor. Just um, what is that? Seven points in our last six games. Yeah, it's it's that if they don't win, if they don't win this game, we're in a really weird position because. Arsenal and Spurs don't seem to be slowing down, so I think it's a must-win game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, people are going to watch that game throughout <laughs> the entire world now. Yeah, so tremendous. All right, Crystal Palace versus Watford up next. This oh. <laughs> uh, I'm getting some beat, some bleed through from your microphone. Palace taking on Watford. Watford have been eliminated. I'm sure they'll be playing some of their younger players if they even have them. I mean, I feel like the the squad rotation at Watford's been pretty much the same all season, so who knows who we'll see. Palace still fighting, still uh, still grinding for spots in the table. I'm going to take Palace in this one. i like them to really win uh, handily here. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I just don't see any... Any fight left in Watford, I think they're they're still going to be crushed after that um, unfortunate end against Burnley. Yeah. Okay. Brighton versus Manchester United up next. I'm going to take United in this one. 
I think that result against uh, Brantford last week will carry over here. They're looking to get back on track before the end of the season. Impress Ten Hag a little bit. Some of these players I know are fighting for, um, I guess, maybe his his respect a little bit before he comes in. I know he's watching these games. So uh, I'm going to take United here. I think that they absolutely batter Brighton. I think it's going to be closer than we think, but I think ultimately, excuse me, I think Man U is going to get the job done. Okay. Uh, Liverpool taking on Tottenham, another Saturday game. I like Liverpool in this one. They were only able to defeat Newcastle by a margin of one. Uh, Tottenham with a good result last week too, but I think coming off the qualification for the Champions League final and a few wins in a row for Liverpool in the league, that they'll be flying high. I think Tottenham are due for two more losses this season, one here against Liverpool and one on next Thursday. I think... I think Tottenham are going to live up to what they've been this year against Liverpool and um, City. I think they're going to be spoilers. Yeah. And I, th- I think I think it'll end in a draw. Okay. And this will pretty much kill Liverpool's hopes. Wow. Interesting. I think that fumble that City just, just unraveled in the, the Champions League semifinal is actually going to inspire them. I think Liverpool's going to win the league. All right. Changed my mind. So this this is an these are some important games that we're going through here. Um okay, North City versus West Ham. Gonna take West Ham. Don't think we need to get into it much. I've been on a West Ham winning streak. The I last know. three games I've gotten West Ham games right. How about it? Um and I pray to God they win this game too, because if they drop points to Norwich who have nothing I I mean a team that has nothing to play for can be dangerous. Um, but West Ham also don't really have anything to play for if you think about it. So um, I, I'm going to have to go with West Ham as well. All righty. We have Leicester City taking on Everton. I'm going to take Everton in this one. Yeah, this on paper, when I see these two teams, I always think it's going to be a close match at the last yep. two have been 1 1 draws. Um, Everton have been sus in the back, but Everton, I mean, Leicester, excuse me, but uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't think Everton can put up a performance like they did against Chelsea. Um, they're not going to have the luxury of having, of playing those games at home, and they've been absolutely god-awful on the road this year, not just only under Frank, but also with Rafa, so... It's going to be brutal. I, it's really tough for me to think they can get anything out of this game on the road, but I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to just go with that. I think Leicester will take the three points. All right, cool. Um, Arsenal versus Leeds up next. This one should be easy. I'll take Arsenal. Um, I don't know, man. This one, this one's interesting. Um, I think Leeds good, have a good have a good style to go up against Arsenal here, but um, it's all going to be about that, that first 15 minutes, who's going to have control over the game. But yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you and go with Arsenal. They've just looked too good not to win this game. All right, City versus Newcastle up next. I'll be taking a draw in this one. Oh, this is yours? Okay. Uh, I'm going to take a draw. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with City. I think just I think Newcastle showed they can compete against this top-level quality of team. Sure. But I think Man City and Liverpool do differ in their styles a little bit. So 
I think Newcastle can handle Liverpool's better than Man City's. And I think, yeah, Man City here, at least by two. Okay, we have Liverpool versus Aston Villa up next. This one's on Tuesday, May 10th. We're going to run all the way into the Wednesday games here. I'm going to take Liverpool in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Liverpool as well. I think Stevie G is going to tell the guys to let them win just so Liverpool win the title. Yep. Um, I think we're going to see some match fixing. Ooh, interesting. We have Leicester City taking on Norwich on Wednesday, May 11th, the day after the Villa-Liverpool match. I'm going to take Leicester in this one. I think after losing points to Everton, they're going to take all three here against Norwich. Yeah, I'm going to go with Leicester as well. Short and sweet. All right, Watford versus Everton. That one's on the 11th as well. Everton only getting three days of rest. Leicester getting three days of rest as too, uh, or as well. Interesting, but I'm going to take Everton. I'd like them to stay up. This game is, the on paper, is the easiest for Everton, which yeah. puts the most pressure on them because everybody expects them to win this game. Um, at this point, Watford's going to be officially relegated. Um, but they'll be playing spoiler. I don't think Roy has it in him to do it. Um, he'd probably be asleep on the sideline. But, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Frank, even though it is on the road. Um, but, yeah, hopefully they, they, they need these three points, especially if they can't get anything against Leicester. Yeah, all right. Um, and then we have Leeds taking on Chelsea on May 11th as well. This one's tough. Um they have Arsenal and Chelsea two in a row. That's that's not great for them. Um, it's a hard one for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Chelsea though. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Chelsea. But just like that United game, I I want to say a draw. But I'm gonna have to go with Chelsea. It kind of screams draw to me as well. So uh, I don't know, but I guess I'll I'll take Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, and then the final one we're gonna we're gonna preview Tottenham Arsenal the the following week. But the final one we have this week is Wolves versus Man City. Uh, that's the three fifteen game on Wednesday, and I am going to take Manchester City. I'm gonna take a draw. I think Wolves has been Man City's bogey team over the past couple of years, yeah. and I think it's just one of those weird games that you don't really expect it. But I think Wolves will lock it down. Okay. Uh, they got they got they got something to fight back on because this was the game uh, Jimenez got the red and Man City only won one nil because of that red. So I think they'll get some revenge here and play spoiler a bit to keep the title race interesting. Alrighty. Um, okay, guys, that is everything we gave you about an hour. This was a long episode. If you haven't watched the Champions League semifinal second leg. I urge you to find a video and watch. If you can't watch the full thing, just watch the goals because it was an incredible match. I had it on my second monitor the whole time. Um, just incredible. Um, but thank you guys for listening to this show. Um, make sure you check us out on social media at post20pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find past episodes of the podcast as well as future on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you guys listening so much. Thank you for the continued support, and we'll see you next week. Take care.